Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. This is Andrew Harris, and joining me today solo is Andrew Decker. Hello. There he is. I'm doing well, sir. So uh, I said solo because this would be the first time in a in a good long while that we don't have an. It's just the two of us. It's just the two of us. We don't have an interview to do. Song about that. I I guess they have wrote just one song about two people. Well, there's actually a song, the two of us. Crickets. Okay. It's been recorded in two fashions: one about a man and a woman. Will Smith then wrote it about him and his kids. All right. There's your music trivia of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, it's kind of off to a rocky start already, huh? Every every happy time. March first. <laughs> See, I, just so the audience knows, I actually in the intro most of the time try to throw Mister Hare at the curveball, yeah, just to see if he can stay on track, and I can't. Most of the time, he loses it. If you've listened to more than probably three of these podcast episodes you will know that i am just terrible <laughs> at staying on track with these things okay um we we do have uh something important i think to share with our listeners with our defenders and maybe those people who are just you know not lawyers just kind of wondering about the law right yeah we're talking about pre-trial motions maybe Pre- some what we call dispositive, dispositive pre-trial motions right right what does that mean well dispositive would be that it actually brings an and into the case. There is nothing further to be argued. Um, and it's not always dispositive. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about that. But but basically, in when I file a pretrial motion, it's going to be something that I believe is dispositive. It's something that, that if found to be true, if my motion is granted, it's going to decide the case or something like that. There's going to be almost no evidence left for right. the state. So, um, and, we, you know, pretrial motions is kind of this big umbrella Right. I mean, there's there's many there's motions in limine. There's discovery request motions. You're in, you know, motions to compel, uh, you know, et cetera. All sorts. Yeah. So what I mean, we're going to kind of narrow it down. Yeah, we're going to talk about one kind. We're going to talk about motions to suppress. What? Suppress. Right. Motion to suppress evidence. What do we what do you mean? So like we're keeping the people down. No, that'd be oppressing the vote. That, that'd oh, be oppress. Oh. OK. Oppressing the people, suppressing the vote. Maybe I love we're not talking about that. Um, uh, we're talking about motion, um, a motion to keep evidence out of court mm. that was obtained illegally or against the, the the Constitution of the United States or the or the Texas Constitution. Um, basically, evidence that shouldn't be allowed. People sometimes call these, oh, so the, the case got dismissed on a technicality. Yeah, that, I hate when people tell me that. Mm, and I'm no, like, what do no. you mean technicality? No, that that that's one. These are not technicalities. This is the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, uh, art articles of of the Texas Constitution under under Section Nine. These are important rights we have as American citizens and as uh, Texas defenders, as uh, persons in the state of Texas. Yeah, yeah. This is like the foundation of our society. Right. Right. Um, we are free from unreasonable exactly. searches and seizures. Yeah. So no, Can I get an not, amen from the not congregation. A damn technicality. Um, you know, and I, I often say like, well, one illegality doesn't clean, you know, a, a, another, you know, illegal action. So, well, or, you know, the, or, nobody's or as, above the law, essentially. As the Supreme Court would say, okay, this would be fruit of a poisonous tree. Jeez, man. You're, you're really bringing it today. Well, like I say, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be expecting you some see, amens from the congregation. You're, you're smart, man. 
Anybody ever tell you that? No, but they do tell me I sound like a preacher when I, when I start talking, when you get, when you get hot. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I, I, you know what? I, I feel you, you know, I can definitely relate. So pre-trial motions, motions to suppress, we're keeping evidence out. Um, and, and you said like keeping it out because of some illegal action. I know we have like the constitutional guarantees, um, you know, every citizen has against uh, search and seizure. Every what person, you, every what person, you, every person. You right, right. I'm sorry. Citizen. You're right. I, I know. I, I say citizen I, too. I, I realize I said it a minute ago. So, uh, every person, um, but you said illegal action. Like, what do you mean? Like the officers are like beating me over the head to get stuff. Like, I don't, what do you mean by right, that? Right. And it may not necessarily be illegal, um, but they haven't fully followed the law. And we'll actually get into it in a minute, a little more closely. Uh, but the, the primary, the cases we're going to talk about today, the ones that, that I've, that I've won in motions to suppress the stop wasn't valid there wasn't a reason a legal reason to stop the car now the officer may have uh made a mistake and that's now that that's now becoming a more shade of gray because the supreme court has ruled that an officer can make uh can can make a mistake of law Right. right yeah ironically the officer can make a mistake of law to pull you over and justify the stop but you cannot make a mistake of law as to preventing a crime. So officer says, <laughs> right. well, I was mistaken about, um, I, I think the, the, the case in the Supreme court and I, and I did not look this up. It just, uh, it was about how many lights had to be on the back of a vehicle. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and the officer thought there had to be two or three and there weren't enough. And so they pulled over the car and the, and the Supreme court said the mistake of law in this case the officer was acting in good faith, good faith. Yeah. And they allowed the mistake of law to be a defense to what we as defenders would call an illegal, illegal stop. Right. Ironically, the person in the car, and I don't remember what they were arrested for, but if they would have had marijuana and they purchased it in Colorado where it's legal and they brought it to Texas and they thought it was legal because they purchased it outside the state, that mistake of law is not a defense to Having a little bit of weed in your car that you brought home from from Colorado. Yeah, so they get the benefit of the doubt, but your average Joe does does not. So ironically, um, the Constitution is there to protect the protect the people, not to protect the government. And what we've done is we flipped that presumption in this situation to where the government has the benefit of the doubt and the government never should have the benefit of the doubt under the Constitution. Excuse me as I get preachy. Amen. Got my hands in the air. Are you passing a collection basket? Because I've got, I, I could throw some dollars in. On, all right, on that all one. Right. So, okay, so so we we ask the court when they're when they're when we notice as defenders that there's been a violation of the law or something along those lines, we ask the court to keep the evidence as a result of that illegal stop and seizure and search uh, uh, out of the trial or out of this case, and we do that how. Well, primarily to file a motion to suppress. Right. Okay. Motion to suppress evidence or, um, and, and often it's motion to suppress evidence following this event that everything that comes after event A or B, whatever, um, be suppressed. Uh, and sometimes it's everything that comes after the stop. Sometimes it is a motion to suppress in a DWI, the blood warrant, the warrant doesn't have 
enough probable cause in it. And so you might actually ask that everything following the issuance of the warrant. So the blood yeah. draw is not enough, is not valid. Um, and so everything that happens after that point gets suppressed. It doesn't get brought into the courtroom. It doesn't get put before a jury. It may not get put before a judge if he's the, if he or she is the finder of fact. So in the cases we're going to talk about today, they are traffic stops. And I've argued that everything following the stop, because the stop wasn't valid or illegal, as you've said, and I think either one is fine. Um, uh, it should not be allowed because the officer had no right to encounter the counter the person. Yeah. Um, so, so procedurally, before we get to like the specifics, procedurally, we're filing a motion and we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, you can find these if you're a TCDLA member, they're on the, you know, they're, they're look at the listserv, look at the, uh, the, if the you're not a bank, member, become join, one, join. Yeah. Or contact us and we're going to tell you become a member and here's what you, here's the benefit and we'll send you a copy. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, we, we are happy to share what we have, our templates. Um, I, you know, personally, I will file a motion. Obviously you want it, you want it, you know, um, edited to match the specific facts of your case and your argument. But I also then go to court or go to a hearing with like a brief, just to brief the issues, um, just for the court. Um, sometimes some attorneys don't do that. Um, they'll I just turn off make, some cases, right? I basically make my motion, my brief, there you go. um, in short, uh, and then, I may not include the case law in that motion, but I'll put the the argument of the case. Yeah, and then I bring the case law with me. Now, I uh, whenever it's time for to have these heard, I think you know some courts like to run those with trial, and I'll I want you to explain what that means. And some courts will have it done pre-trial. Do you have a preference? Um, no, but let me give give you a little bit of pro and con. Yeah. Okay. Right. So these, the ones we're going to talk about later. I did all pre-trial, and when the court asked why, I said, well, judge, and sometimes with the prosecutor present, um, this is going to be dispositive. If I'm correct with my interpretation of law and you agree, or I, in one of these, actually, the, the state even agreed. They looked at it, and they went, yeah, he's right. Um, there's nothing to be, there's no trial to be needed, right? So one of the pros is it saves time and money whether retained or appointed, why spend time and money of picking a jury if you have something that is dispositive and we should never get to a jury? That, that's the real pro. Um, the con is, if I, even if I win that motion, the state can appeal a pretrial motion. They can't appeal, they cannot appeal if we picked a jury and I have a motion to suppress because why, Mr. Harris? Well, Jeopardy is likely to have attached there. I mean, Jeopardy like once will you, have attached. Once you, once you have a jury in the box or if a bench trial, once that first witness is sworn. Right, right. So once that Jeopardy attaches, the state, the state no longer has a right to appeal uh, if we win. Right. Um, uh, but, again, many times on basic motions to suppress, the state's not going to appeal. Right. And so it still saves time and money. Um, but the con is uh, they, they can't appeal even if you win. You know, and I, I mean, there's a, most of the judges that we appear in front of will have like a pretrial setting. And that's when they'll want to have all of their suppressions heard or at least filed and then scheduled for a different hearing date. 
um, if you're going to run it pre-trial, but a lot of, a lot of courts are running it with trial, which, you know, I guess that each attorney will have a different strategy depending on the case. Um, if your judge insists on running it with trial and you want it heard pre-trial, then file with your motion and order setting hearing. Uh, I think then you have like a document, you're, you're requesting a, a hearing prior to trial. Um, hopefully you get it. The other, that. let me give you one other big advantage. If you have a, have a pre-trial motion to suppress, and it's heard, and the judge denies the motion, right? So the stop is still considered valid. You can plea your client and still appeal the motion to suppress hearing. Yeah, and that that is uh, that's actually a really a really great um, benefit. I say great. I, I feel like I say great a lot. You know what? That's another benefit I think to having. It's not great. How about that, Decker? No, it is. It's a, it, it is a good benefit to have, um, anytime you can preserve any kind of right to appeal on something you feel like, you know, the judges made the wrong decision. That's uh that's really important. Right. So but again, okay. we want to win. We want to win at trial. We do not want to win on appeal. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And thank you, uh, Leon Haley for always, uh, and we're calling you out, Leon. You've told yeah, you you're going to be on the show. We, need we even have the topic. The we need you show. on the show. Jeez. So uh, today, motions to suppress. Most of these, I think, are going to be, you know, filed on or questioning the traffic stop, right? Yeah, all the ones I'm going to talk about are are actually questioning the stop itself. And I, we've had this conversation. I, we probably talked about it on the podcast also, but you know, obviously, all of our DWIs occur via a traffic stop um, because it has to happen in a car. Uh, most of our possession cases, whether marijuana or controlled substance, um, you know, they're most of the time they're, you know, people are just caught riding dirty and they're pulled over for some reason in their vehicle. Let it be noted. Mr. Harith and I are not quote riding dirty end quote. Right. As, <laughs> as we understand the term to me. Yes. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So a significant number of our cases come from the, they originated in a traffic stop. Yeah. And, and that's, and I think this, you know, traffic stops really provide a really rich ground for defenders to question the validity of the stop. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, mean, there's, there's a lot there. Cause there, cause think about the transportation code, like all of those regulations and restrictions, it's just kind of like, you know, in DWIs, when we talk about those, we talk about the NHTSA, um, the, the standardized field sobriety test, those that's a standardized test. It has to be administered correctly, right? And there's a plethora, love that word, of, of ways to question the administration of those, uh, of those tests. So, uh, so traffic stops really rich, like really get in the weeds with those traffic regulations. And, and it's not fun. The traffic code in the state of Texas pretty dry. Is, is as big as the code, the Texas criminal code. Yeah. Even bigger, really. But it's where you find your grounds. It's where you find your reasons. So in the traffic stop, the things to look for. Why was the car actually stopped? Right. Right. I've had DWIs didn't follow motion to press on this where they were parked at quick trip. Yeah. And right. <laughs> um, where's the driving? Yeah, right, right. So, so yeah, what's the reason why, why is that officer coming into contact? I mean, is it, is it, did he mention something based off like, well, 
they were parked here and I, I approached him based off of the Texas transportation code section, whatever, right? right? Like what that boggles the mind or was it, you know, community caretaking or was right. it no, in, in this case, it was an anonymous caller. And just somebody just chilling in their car at the quick trip. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty girl. Basically our argument was pretty girl. Didn't like the guy at the quick trip hitting on her and probably the guy at the trip quick trip called and said, Hey, I think she's drunk. Well, we got that case, uh, I think, bumped down to a public intox. There you go. Took a long so, time, but we got it done. Well, and, and uh, it, it, so in, in these hearings, in these motion to suppress hearings, your officer may be throwing anything they can out there, but it's not in their offense report. It's right. not in their, right. you, know, uh, uh, you know, arrest warrant or probable cause affidavit or whatever. Right. So keep them. Stuck like keep directing them back to what they included in their offense report. Because yes. if they if they write like, "Hey, I, I stopped him for weaving," there's no weaving on the on the video, and then he says, "Well, you know what? Actually, now that I remember it, he also was speeding." Like, wait a second, right? Where did that? Because you would, if that was actually true, they would have included it mm-hmm. in their offense report, right? So, so does the so why was the car stopped, right? And and the quick trip is not one I'm talking about, but that's just an example of it didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does the police report actually state? Does it state a violation of the law? Right. You mentioned weaving. Well, do they say failure to maintain a lane, which is often what it says? They don't say weaving. Right. Well, failure to maintain a lane means as practically as possible and without making that maneuver unsafely unsafe. if they leave their lane. Right. Do they mention it about being unsafe? Is there any evidence in the police report or on the video that the weaving, even if they crossed the line, was unsafe? The first time I appeared in court, we've talked about this. I, was, uh, I appeared in court as a, a student in a prosecution clinic, and the question was, did the driver cross the line? Well, they drove up on it. Is that crossing the line? It is not. It, not, not, according to, not according to Judge Wish, it wasn't. Right. Um, right? So... He went with the soccer rule. To cross the line means you have to fully cross the line. He did not take my idea that it was like a football field right. where if you touch the line, you've crossed the line. So sometimes it's a matter of the judge. It's a dis- lots of these are judicial discretion, and so they can take all sorts of things into factor. You know, I've had, I've had a case, too, where the um, kind of the similar – um, the officer said that he crossed into the shoulder by crossing over the fog line, but the video really contradicted that. Um, he also said weaving and there, you know, just like you had mentioned, that's a two part test. There's nobody else on the, on the road at the time. So you, you really have to like digest the video, the offense report, probable cause affidavit and the transportation code and the relevant case law. Correct. Um, so sometimes they'll, they'll argue, you know, they'll say failure to maintain a single lane. Right. Um, or failure to maintain a lane, but there's now two, there's now two violations. There's failure to maintain a lane and failure to maintain a single lane. What's the difference? <laughs> one of them is you're driving in two lanes and one of them is you've left your lane. Uh, yeah. One includes a unsafe maneuver prong and the other one does not which one do they list and would any judge understand the difference right yeah yeah right yeah um 
And then second, does the violation of the law apply, right? Two of the cases I'm going to talk, I'm going to give you three examples of uh, motions to suppress or cases I've had dismissed uh, in real life where the violation of law did not apply. Yeah, like it's a it's a valid like if, if somebody was actually engaging in the conduct here, right? Like that that is a straight up violation of the law. Before we get into that, there was a case that I had. I mean, officers are human, right? Just like us. Like when we were just mentioning these things, like my mind kind of like clattered over. Like I don't really give a crap if it's failure to maintain a single lane or failure to maintain a lane. But I had an officer. I, they do the same thing. Like she, they wrote in their probable cause affidavit, he did not signal to change lanes. Well, in reality he wasn't changing lanes. He had just weaved outside of his lane and came back. So it was the raw, she's basing the stop on the wrong violation. Right. Uh, and, and, or even if, if that she had listed the right violation, it would have to go through that two prong step. Was it an unsafe maneuver, et cetera. So there is no, you know, like really honestly do not take these officers word for it. They are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to get these things flipped because the transportation code is dense it's complex it's complex continue sir all right so so those are the reasons why you might look at it you might you might question and often it's going to take you uh defenders taking out the transportation code and looking at it you you can get a copy um, of the full transportation code what's in our handy dandy desk books is not enough it doesn't include all the stuff it doesn't even include all the information about dwis and licenses alone um, get that transportation code. Uh, it, it's worth the money uh, because it will be beneficial to your clients. So I, I'm, I'm going to talk about three cases. It's yeah. Just- and these are, these are three that you've actually filed motions to suppress on mm-hmm. um, and have been successful. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, you, you, unlike other times, like you kind of know what you're talking about on these, right? Yeah. On these. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time I don't know what I'm talking about. That's exactly right. Um, right. Well played, Mr. Harris. And one of these is really recent. So uh, officially from the podcast, on behalf of the podcast, congratulations, Thank sir. You. Yeah, this, uh, well, was, well served your was, client on this. It was just this week. Yeah, um, fantastic. And at this point, the state still has a right to appeal. And I have not asked if they this plan. This week as of recording, not as yes. of uh, publishing a podcast. Right, right. And so we, we won't give too many details. But right. So uh, first, and this is the one that I just won um, or was just granted. My motion was granted. There was no violation of the law actually listed in the report. This was a failure to maintain single lane, failure to maintain a lane kind of debate. Okay. The judge actually was a visiting judge, a senior district judge. So he's a retired district judge um, sitting on in a misdemeanor court. So we kind of actually have a little bit more cred. He, he's going to carry more cred yeah. than uh, a newly seated misdemeanor judge for example. Um, And he actually wrote out findings of facts, which the state did not oppose. And he started with, first thing he put was the officer has seven years experience, five of which are as a D in DWI enforcement. And when I read number one, my thought was crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then he kind of, he sided with me on lots of the pieces. The officer put in his report, that he saw this car exit uh, an apartment complex at a high rate of speed. Well, the video didn't show that, and the officer caught up with him in a block and a half. Okay, well, maybe not, right? 
And that piece alone takes away some of the officer's credibility. Yeah. Right. Sure does. The state tried to make it about it being in an entertainment district. Right. Which they were, but where did they leave? They left an apartment, apartment. complex. Yeah. Um, so being in the entertainment district has nothing to do with where he left. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so they were little, using the entertainment district as right, like the, probable the, the, cause that he was intoxicated. Right. Maybe he's you know, leaving a cause, bar. Cause it, cause there, it helps, it helps the state if there are some other factors minus the weaving. Right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. saw him leave a bar. Um, they're in an entertainment district known for serving alcohol. Uh, some of the cases are there's a, there's a caller saying, Hey, I'm following a car that's weaving. And then it's substantiated by the officer's personal observation. Right. Right. Those things help. They help make it harder to beat. Right. So they, they, I mean, you know, we're not allowed to bolster, but it kind of bolsters it kind of, you know, sure. It adds the officer's observation. Let's be honest. It adds some credibility to, to what, what's being said. Um, well here, the entertainment district is fluff. Yeah. Right. He's leaving a residence and the officer admitted that on the stand. Okay. Doesn't count. Um, and then in the video, some of the, some of the officer in some of the case law, the, the officer says we're on a straight road and the driver weaves and crosses on the right and or on the left in our video. Again, the guy's not speeding, but he, he crosses as he comes out of a curve two times. Well, he's coming out of a curve. Right. So it's not as he's writing in his offense report. Right. Right. Well, he, he didn't say, he just says he crosses the lane to the right, weaves all the way back to the left, and then crosses to the right again. Both times, it's as he's coming out of a curve. Right. On the video, he's coming out of a curve, but I thought you said he was, they indicated it was a straight road. No, no, no. He, I'm saying, I'm saying in some other cases, right, uh, that, uh, that is part of what, is used in the findings of facts to say this was probably a reasonable stop. This is a straight road, right? Yeah. That is not the case here. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm officer, listening now. And yes. the officer didn't mention, Oh, well it's on a curve, right? It's as he's coming out of the curve. So it's like, like he doesn't straighten his tires up just quite fast. Enough. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's no other traffic. The officer actually said, and you and I've talked about this. You've had an officer say this in a motion to express. Well, it was unsafe to me. Yeah, you're three car lengths car links back. If it's unsafe to you, you yeah, yeah something wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to pass him, maybe, but you're not. Um, the officer also tried to speculate as to where he was going. Right there was he was approaching a freeway, and and I objected. I said that that's speculation, Your Honor. And then the officer, the the uh, prosecutor actually asked another question and I objected about speculation and the judge judge granted those motion, you know, granted those objections for. Yeah. So there was no violation of the law listed Failure to maintain a lane, never mentions anything unsafe, really doesn't say anything unsafe. The judge looked at the video also. And I pointed this out because the officer was like, well, you know, this is what it is. So I went with the warrant affidavit as for reason of the stop. And I said, Officer, where's your probable cause in the warrant affidavit? Right. I took a lot of his bolstering away when it simply said failure to maintain a lane. It didn't say I saw him weaving. Right. Yeah. So we didn't even get there, but it's on the record that the affidavit doesn't say what 
is in the report and that judge heard it. Right. Cause I was able to, so all those yeah, things, yeah. just like saying, well, I saw him in an entertainment district and somebody else called and, and you know, he left a bar, those things bolster the officer. Right. The fact that our guy wasn't speeding in the video, the officer catches up with him quickly, kind of takes away this leaving at a high rate of speed. And then, uh, he doesn't put anything besides the offense in the probable cause affidavit for the blood draw warrant. The judge sees all those things and it, it does the opposite effect. It makes the officer less credible, uh, to the fact finder. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got there by, uh, not, not just reading the offense report, right? I mean, you, you had to watch the video, you had to, you know, if there was any like separate audio or whatever, and these videos, they can be kind of, you know, they can be kind of a pain to watch, right? Right. Over and over again, over and over again. But it's extremely important. Without watching that video, would you have filed this motion to suppress? Probably not. Right. Well, when I read that, when I read it and saw that it was weaving, failure to maintain lane, I was like, I'm watching the video. Yeah. And then I went and double checked the case law. And then I filed my motion. See, and that's, that's just the importance of actually like, you know, a lot of times, you know, attorneys, they get overwhelmed. They're like, okay, it's another DWI. What do you want to do? No, defenders... You got to do the work, got to do the work. Good job, man. Well, thank you. Okay. So we have another one. Um, so that was one of the, that's the most recent motion to suppress, right? Right. It's not the only motion to suppress you filed. So we've got, we've got a couple other scenarios. What are we talking about next? Okay. So the next one is the left lane for passing only. And I think yeah. we've talked about this a little bit on the, on the podcast, but I'm bringing it up because I, it's, but I love this case, man, th- this, this one, this one was so good. The, the elected DA called me up and said, are you referring to this case? Cause I put the facts well enough that he was able to find it without listing it. I said, I am. And he said, let my investigator go and drive the road and see if you're correct. And within 48 hours, I had a dismissal on the whole so, case. And this was a first degree. Th- this was a habitual offender. He was looking at 25 to 99 or life at trial. Got the case dismissed. I mean, you saved this man's life, you know, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, he calls me up occasionally. He tells me he's working in clean. I don't know if he's working in clean or not, but he's, he's called me probably about once a year since then. If he wasn't working in clean, do you think he'd call you? I mean, like I don't that, know. I don't know. I, so anyways, I mean, I, I just, I think that's a great, um, a great story. You did a great service on this. So a left lane for passing only, you know, it's like one of those things, you know, it really grinds my gears. Chris, oh, Harvey, yes, if you're yes. listening, uh, when I'm driving and there's somebody just kind of like being a slow poke in the fast lane on the left lane. Right. But when you get outside of, any major metropolitan area Life in the fast lane, another musical reference. I did not know that. Okay. So when you get out of metropolitan areas, oftentimes just staying in the left lane will be a violation of the transportation code. No, only if there's a traffic control device That's... that says left lane for passing only. What do you mean a traffic control device? I mean, a sign, right? Okay. It's those big white and black signs with a black border properly hung that says left lane for passing only. Okay. Now any other, I, I think like, you know, if I would have looked at this, um, you know, the, the, the problem with, with these types of offices or reasons to pull, pull somebody over is I think a lot of times, and I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes too, is I would just assume like, Oh geez. Yeah. You can't do that. You know? Um, however, you took this case you went back and you were like, wait a second. I'm going to look at what the regulation says and what the case law says about left lane uh, for yeah, and, and, left and lane my, for passing only. Right. And what I ended up pointing out 
in my motion was there was a sign. There is a sign. Yeah. Right. But between the sign and where the traffic stop occurred, they passed through a couple of construction zones and at least three city limits. Why would that be significant? Well, because part of what the case law says is, would this traffic control device still apply? The speed zone changed, right? Different laws apply in construction zones. Every city can put a little bit of pre pressure on a, a or, or release. And there were multiple places to get on the highway, mm. to get on the freeway between that device and where the officer first encountered this vehicle. So where that sign was and where your client was pulled over, he could have entered onto the highway after that sign. Multiple times. And, and so what did the, the case law that you found actually, on this? Right. Actually mentions, it doesn't mention going through different speed zones or construction or city limits, but it actually mentions the distance between where the, the car and the case law was stopped and the sign was about 13 miles. Okay. Right. Wait, in this case? No, no, no. In the case law case. In the case law case, 13 miles. Okay. Uh, about 13 miles, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and there were like four or five entrances. It was, it was much more rural than where my case was. Yeah. And the court of criminal appeals said, that's too far. Why would anyone think that that, that applies? Yeah, right. Um, how would you know that that person knew that that sign existed? Right? It's not yeah. a mistake of law. It's the... It, it, well, let's use, for example, the standard for a residential street is 30 miles an hour. Yes. Well, if I turn into a, in, into a neighborhood on a street and there's a sign farther down the street that says 20 can be legal because they can set it lower. How do I know that if I don't pass the sign, right? I've established a craft traffic control device that I've never seen. And I'm using the standard of 30 miles an hour, right? Yeah. Right? Similar deal. There's a traffic control device that I can enter the road with multiple times and never, ever see the sign. Ironically, yeah. our case was about 13 miles as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have assumed if I saw a sign and like going 13 miles past it, even if I had seen that sign, I would not have assumed that that sign still. Yeah. You know, uh, who would know? Right. Ironically, about three miles farther down the road, there was another sign. <laughs> so he hadn't gotten to the new one yet. Got, well, actually, my guy was a passenger in the vehicle, not the driver. Man alive. So how did they get over the standing in that case? Well, the, they were. Uh, the issue would be that they searched him. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so he, and he had maybe some narcotics on his person. So he's, but the Allegedly. stop still has to be, the stop still has to be legal to have the encounter. Interesting. Yeah. So when I, when I, when you told me this story, we've talked about it many times before, man, I, I think I gave you like a high five and was like, dang, dude, I think you still owe me a steak on that. Do I? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, great result on that, 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 you know, keep that in mind, like these obscure reasons for pulling somebody over. We're going to say it one more time, like go back to the code, look at the a, case law. It's a pain in the ass. Sure. Now here's the honest piece though. Both of these cases, if I hadn't done the work, the facts become 
terrible. Terrible. Right. Yeah. This was the only way to win these cases. Yeah. Um, and so I did it. I, 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 I looked at it and went, the, the facts are terrible. The DWI facts were terrible. The drug case facts were terrible. Both of them. The stop was wrong. Right. Yep. Now the, now the next one, the next one's a little more funny. They were just traffic tickets, um, in a small town. Uh, and I got called on them because I represented the kid on the previous case. So the family called and they said, Hey, is there a way to keep this off the record? I said, sure. And I just, I was like, I don't know why I actually looked at this on Google, right? I looked on Google maps. I was like, where is the stop sign located? What are we talking about? I mean, like, so, so yeah, so th this, this is so weird, right? Again, going to the transportation code, go to the transportation code. A city, a county, uh, any governmental authority that regulates the movement of traffic can put up a stop sign at the intersection of any roads, uh, highways, byways, etc. right? Yeah. So an intersection means road A, and I'm going to, for, for our listeners, we're going to say Harith Way and Decker Drive. Sure. All right. Uh, it's different than Harris Way and Decker Drive. That's, that's a different that, That's completely, completely different <laughs> entity. And, and well, if, okay, so your clients were, were ticketed and stopped, stopped and ticketed for, for running a stop sign. For running a stop okay. sign. Okay. Right, right. Um, and if, so we may put up a little drawing on the, in the case notes. Yeah, but essentially if you're on a road like and say Decker Decker Drive and it curves around and becomes Harith Way. That would be an intersection of two roads. At when that when those when the name changes. Right. 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 Because those are two different roads. Sure. Okay. Obviously, if you come to a T in the road or a crossing in the road and there's a stop sign, those are two roads that intersect. Like a four-way stop, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Okay. Right. You might be the only one with the stop sign. Doesn't matter. Right. In this case, my driver is on. Decker Drive. Okay. And there's a stop sign at where there's an L in the road. Right. So the road right. kind of curves around. Mm -hmm. No other intersections or anything like right. that. Right. Okay. But Decker Drive follows the curve, follows the 90 degree turn. So after the, after the road curves, it's still the same name. It's, it's, it's still, still the same the, road. It's still the same road. Understood. Okay. I'm so effectively, this city, this small town, put a stop sign in the middle of the road. <laughs> right. Right. Just because there's a curve, they could they could put a sign that says slow, dangerous curve ahead. They could even put a double yellow line in the street. Yeah. Right. Because the the when I went to the city prosecutor and said, this case needs to be thrown out. That's not a legally placed sign. That was my argument. It's not legally placed according to the transportation code. Sign's still there, just so you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I said, and they were like, well, it's, you know, they, they've had some people who, you know, went around it too fast. And I said, put dangerous curve, put slow down, put stripes. And if you cross, cross that double yellow line, that's a traffic code violation. Yeah. Right? It's not so much that this kid got stopped for, for running a stop sign. It's more that that stop could become so much more. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because, because, right. Because we just said a lot of our cases start out with these traffic stops. Exactly. So, right. So what if your client had, 
you know, unfortunately, like he was riding dirty. Some something, <laughs> right? Some right. marijuana, THC, or and this whatever. was like three o'clock in the afternoon. This was yeah. this was a kid going home. You can't ruin somebody's life based off of an illegal stop. Right. I mean, it's simple well, as that. A, a, an improperly put up sign. Yeah. The sign. Yeah, yeah. The stop sign didn't write. So, so that's interesting. Right. So so I've gotten that case, and I, and and it pees me that that sign's still there. Right. Because the city now knows. Well, and, you know, and that, that is, uh, again, it's a great lesson for me and other defenders, even if you're looking at it, you're like, okay, you ran a stop sign like that. Hey man, right, that's easy. you can't, that's a, but yeah. you gotta look at the code. There's codes that regulate the placement of stop signs. You gotta look at what the streets are. What street yeah. did it cross onto? Right. Yeah. And, and, and grin, it, it was a traffic ticket. Sure. Right? Sure. I, sure. I spent about five minutes looking at Google and then I happened to was close by. I drove over and took a couple of pictures and went, this doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So well done. Yeah. Yeah. So three cases where looking at the transportation code, looking at the case law, got cases either, well, got cases full on dismissed at every level, misdemeanor, traffic, traffic violation, class B misdemeanor. Yeah. Felony. Full on felony, 90, so, 25 to 99. You know, this is going to be, this is just going to inspire me. Like every case I get, I'm just going to file a motion to suppress. No. What? No. What? But no. hold on a sec, because we can get pretty creative, right? And we, I'm just going to uh, blanket every, every time. Right. Don't, somebody, be, don't be that guy. Wait, but wait a second. I'm, what I'm saying is, regardless if there's a reason or not, I'm just going to file a motion to suppress. Right. Remember that, that <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't do that. Well, you can. Yeah. But one, it, you could end up uh, really hacking off a judge for filing frivolous motions. Do not be the person who files a frivolous motion. Also, that elected DA knows I don't file many motions to suppress. Yeah. So when I filed one and asked for a hearing, they started looking. Yeah. They started looking hard and fast and went and called me up a day later. And within 20, another 48 hours, the case was dismissed because they went, Mr. Decker's not going to file a frivolous motion. They dis they dismissed the case without a hearing because my motion was right and they knew it and they knew they couldn't win. So why? Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and you've got in, the, in this case, this prosecutor, at least, is a is one of the fairly more level headed dudes and, right. and likes to do what's right. So. And, I, and I've had some motions to quash uh, yeah. granted because when they finally sit down and look at it, they go, yeah, that's not going to work. That, that's yeah. not that's not. So I don't file for this. If I file a motion, I've got to feel I've got at least a 50-50 chance to win. Um, and often I feel like I've got better. way better than that. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think this is a really great information. Um, and and, and it, it serves as a reminder. I know most of our defenders know like, okay, motion to suppress, big, big whoop, you know. But it serves as a reminder, like get down into the weeds. Like you never know what you're going to find. Right. Never, yeah. ever know what you're going to find, which is really great information. Um, what and about it's what we get paid to do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, like this is our job. Right. So um, but it, I mean, this is our job. And I think a lot of times we lose sight of the forest for the trees. Right. So we 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 look at the big picture and we start thinking about like trial defense, trial strategies and all that. We don't we don't a lot of times can get lost in uh, in the in the big picture and not look at this small details the devil's in the details so be looking at those small details of your mm -hmm. case yep. and uh and and you may find some gold and and these 
one of these was an appointed case. Two of these were retained. So it's not like I did the work because they paid they me paid extra you, money. Right, right. Um, yeah. This is just your job. This is my job. Yeah, for everybody. And, and, and Mr. Harris, you may not know this. I love my job. Uh, no, I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. I complain a lot, I think, oh, yeah, you, you know, on this podcast and elsewhere. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like this kind of stuff, like kind of fi- it fires me up. Yeah. So it, it's nice to hear. What about like, uh, are you any, any recent uh, books you want to update your personal questions at all? Any, have you been reading any uh, books lately you recommend so I've to been, people? I've been listening to a uh, lot. Of, well, you know, you know, I have a degree in music. I've uh-huh. been listening to a lot of classical music recently. Um, uh, there is an album based on a, it's the musical, uh, the music from the movie Baraka. Um, mm-hmm. It is not about the uh, former president. It was made long before that. But Barak or Baraka in most uh, Middle Eastern languages means peace. And it's various forms of prayer from around the world. Uh, and I listen to that album, Baraka, the, the soundtrack, uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. It, bring, it brings me a lot of, uh, a lot of peace. Um, books. Uh, okay. man, I, I've read, I've read several recently that are all good. Um, one of them that is not what I normally, I normally read history, theology, or, um, uh, law. This was a book on book that I just saw and it's titled everyone in this room is going to die. It's an interesting book. It's about a atheist lesbian who ends up working in a Catholic church. Um, all right. Uh, and it, it's, well, it's, it's an interesting read. It's it, simple read. It was, it was a vacation read. It was fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool, man. Well, great. Um, you know, I think that is, uh, you know, you're a party animal. So, I'm uh, a crazy man. You are, you are. <laughs> uh, okay. Party time, party on. So, um, well, uh, I hope ladies and gentlemen that you have gotten something out of this episode uh, again, you know, hopefully we'll be back with some interviewees uh, to go over it, but uh, we like to take a break every once in a while and just kind of um, get back to what the, um, you know, get back to what, what is important. Remind you of like, you know, this is, you know, nuts and bolts of us doing our job. So sure. thanks, Decker. Appreciate that. Um, you have been listening, ladies and gentlemen, to Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense Podcast. We can be found on Facebook um, somewhere. Yep. Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. That, there it is. Our and, originality runs amok. Yep. And uh, I will let you give the Twitter handle. The Twitter handle, which now has 16 followers. What? 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 what uh, is at A and A T X Crim Def D E F. It's super easy to find, y'all. Right. That's what, that's why we have so many followers. Follow, follow you us. You just find us accidentally. We get a lot of, we get a, we, we, put out a lot of really interesting information there yeah no we don't no we don't okay um we put out links to uh the podcast we do certainly Mm -hmm. which can be found on anywhere you find podcasts um so and you can find us on the web at texascrimdefense.com right contact us there give us some uh topics you want to hear some if you if you want to be interviewed as a guest please let us know uh, we have found our last two guests. Well, by, actually, I asked to be interviewed today, and you said okay. So even I can ask text to be message. Yes. Yeah, I texted you. Yeah, I exactly. reached out personally. So, but please reach out to us. We hope you have a fantastic week ahead defending those in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm.